the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Got questions concerning elder or state law? Attorney Mike Connors has the answer. He's been recognized as one of New York's top lawyers by New York Magazine and brings nearly 40 years of experience to the table. His office number is 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Here's Mike Connors. We are gathered here on Hallowed Ground, horse trees, heads bowed down. We're gathered here on Hallowed Ground to sing this song away. Welcome to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. If you haven't heard the show before, hey, welcome aboard. If you have, you know our format to some extent. The first part of the show, we talk about elder law and estate planning. And the idea behind elder law is to pass an estate plan is to pass assets from one generation to the next, paying the least amount in taxes we need to pay legally, avoiding going through court that's avoiding probate, which is very important in today's world. And as far as elder law is concerned, we're trying to save assets, usually our house, from nursing home bills. We talked to one of our attorneys for the first part, and in the second part of the show, we talk about politics, history, religion, or whatever. But we have one of our favorite attorneys on right now, Nicole Donnelly. Hello, hello, everybody. Okay, Nicole, now you've been on the show quite a bit recently, but what what's one of the most obvious things that some people don't realize well, I said it the other day, not thinking to a client. We were going back and forth about whether or not they needed a will, what to do, what was going to happen if they didn't make one. And ultimately, I broke the hard truth to them and told them, well, you have a will anyway. If you do nothing, you already have a will. Is it the will you want? I don't know, but you definitely have one. And they looked at me with a blank face and thought I was crazy. So I'm going to ask you to explain to the listeners how we all already really do have a will, whether or not they know about it. And that happens to me probably at least once a month. I tell somebody, do you have a will? No. And I say, well, really, you do have a will. You know, the assets in your name alone when you pass away are going to go to your next of kin by law as determined by New York State. So in effect, we all have a will. Either we signed our own will, you know, witnessed legally, hopefully, and... And that's another thing we should talk about in a few minutes. And the assets in your name go to your next of kin by law, which may be the same people you want to leave it to, but not always. Like, for instance, a half-brother or sister is the same as a full brother or sister under the law. Um, an estranged spouse is still a spouse. Uh, a half-brother, like I said, or sister is the same as a full brother or sister. And cousins you may not have seen 
in 20 or 30 years in which you have no contact with me may be your next of kin by law and receive part of your estate if you have no will. So again, the state writes a will for you and the assets in your name alone would pass to your next of kin by law. And if you want to check out our seminar on YouTube, we tell you who's your next of kin by law depending on your circumstances. But one of the worst things in not having a will is have a will done by one of these computer programs that, you know, and I, I know you had a example the other day. Everybody knows how I feel about these DIY kits. DIY meaning do it yourself unless you do estate planning, which is not rocket science, but it comprises of where do you want your assets to go, whether or not it'll qualify you for Medicaid, and whether or not there'll be tax implications, which to me all sounds like rocket science when you put it together, quite frankly, but Mr. Connors will say something different. You guys are not thinking about those things when you're filling out these kits, and those kits are not even asking you these questions that you need to be thinking about. So stay away from them. They cause more problems than they fix. For instance, you had somebody who was married, and what they do with their spouse? Nothing. They left them out. They just didn't ask the person if she was married. She went in there with her other family members. They told her, asked her what she wanted to do. She said, I wanted to leave it to these people. And they wrote her a will that said that. And then when I asked her, hey, did you mean to leave out your spouse? She goes, no, it's automatic. He gets it automatically. I said, what are you talking about? You have a will that says you leave it to these people. She goes, yeah, that's after my husband. I said, but he's not in there. She goes, oh, my God. I said, oh, yeah, I would say so. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't make it up. That's the scary part. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, some some of the times, like I read some of those kits that are put together, you know, where you buy the book and there are so many contradictory paragraphs and language in there. I, you could spend hours reading it and not know what it means. And, you know, you have one of those kits right now. Pull it out, read it, and try to explain it to me. Guys, the kicker is when you get an estate plan that's 200 pages, it's almost meant to throw you off. You're not supposed to read it. Nobody expects you to read 200 pages. They don't care if you read it. You've already paid for it. If you sign it, if you don't sign it, if you transfer the assets, if it owns anything... They're fine. They already got paid. That's not how it works when you go to a lawyer. Reason being is you come in for your consultation. You talk about things. We ask you things. And you don't pay until you have papers. Somehow you're a little bit more strict with your money when you deal with people, not with commercials or phone calls. Yeah. And one of the other things, too, you know, you do a trust. And I've seen this more than a few times. You do a trust, and we'll even say the language in the trust is good, but then if you don't transfer your assets into the trust, you've accomplished absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, let's say for the sake of argument, you say I leave my house to my children, and the deed to the house is in your name alone when you pass away. That trust does not do your children any good. You have to transfer the deed of your house into the trust. And if you live in New York City... Um, I would bet it's going to be almost near impossible to transfer the deed in a New York City residence. You know, like the kids say, well, go down to your county clerk and fill out this form for your deed. And I would dare say it's near impossible 
to get that deed recorded with the county clerk in New York because they it's got to be registered with the computer before you file it they got to okay it and you know like and that's one of the other things too the people that hear the commercials you know about securing your house and that a county county clerk has to take anything that's presented for him well for the better part of that New York City it's not quite true New York City a lot of times does not accept like when people do these phony deeds or whatever. New York City has pretty good um, safeguards in place. And in New York City, you know, it would be very hard for somebody to get along a, a, a with a phony deed or something like that to try to do it. Um, there are a lot of papers to sign and be notarized. And, yeah, I'm sure somebody could forge a deed, but it's not as easy as it used to be in the old days. And, you know, in theory, anything before the county clerk should be recorded. But that ain't so today. They're ignoring that old common law rule, which is good and bad because sometimes, let's say somebody dies without a will and you want to change the deed, sometimes the county clerk won't accept it because it doesn't make sense to them because it was part, you know, what we call intestacy where there was no clear chain of title in the will. So, you know, sometimes the county clerk gets a little confused and and rejects it, but at the same time that might be good because... Like I said, some of the commercials say that the county clerk has to accept whatever's put in front of them, and somebody can file a deed and then evict you from your house, um, which I can tell you right now ain't going to happen in New York City. You can't you can't evict a tenant who doesn't pay rent in New York City that easily, let alone somebody who's really the owner of the property. I'm not saying don't buy these programs. We you know we have cyber insurance ourselves at, at this office. Because people do forge checks, they do forge instruments, and it's a very dangerous world out there, and, and you should be careful. You know, where was I? They forge checks. And they, they forge, forge checks, they forge instruments, and it's a very dangerous world out there, and you, you do have to be careful. And yeah, if you buy some of these insurances, that's very good to have because, again, people can steal your identity. People can, you know it's not hard to get a driver's license it looks a lot like you or like somebody else because you look at a picture of a driver's license who knows who it is um now mnc also known as mr connors we call him mnc around the office if you've heard um let me ask you the million dollar question that i get all the time is estate planning a one and done it type of affair ordinarily not I'm not sure if I really understand the question. Some people it could be. Some people your estate plan is you 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 know you do a will, and you leave it to whoever you leave it to, and nothing in their family changes. The circumstances don't change. Well, then maybe that will is the only thing you've done for estate planning. But one thing you know, like your estate plan is, you know, like some people would talk about the Constitution as a living document, and we can argue about that one. But your estate plan is kind of a living document. You can change it. You can modify it. People pass away. People become disabled. People, you change your mind about certain people. You can change, you can modify your estate plan. And, you know, everything everything that we do now is on a word processor or computer and can be changed without a, a maximum problem. Now, we still have to do work. We still have to pay for the witnesses to come in and witness your will or plan. And and that's one of the other things, too. Like, if you do one of your do-it-yourself will kits... Uh, if you don't get reliable witnesses, that will may not be admitted to probate. Some people don't realize it. They think it's just a form. You fill out the form, and everything's good. But you fill out the form, and it looks good. But 
then what happens is somebody can test the will. They want to drag the witnesses into court to testify about the, the signing of the will. And the witnesses don't want to get involved. We have that case right now where we had one witness who was an undocumented alien and didn't want to come into court and testify. And there's going to be a lot bigger settlement on that case than there should be because we don't have a cooperative witness who's willing to come in and testify. A will's not just a writing. You fill out the form good and it, it it's fine, it's good. A will is a writing witnessed by two people that are willing to testify if needed that the will was signed in accordance with the laws of the state of New York. It's not just fill out the form and everything's good. It's fill out the form, yes, but also have two reliable people, at least two. A will requires two witnesses. A lot of times we like to have three witnesses because it's always easier to get two out of three witnesses than two out of two, you know, if somebody can test the will. But uh, uh, the witnesses have to be willing to testify. Otherwise, that will may not get through probate, or there may be usually what happens is there's a lot bigger settlement than you would like it to be. And a lot of times, if you want to do your planning, you don't want people you're going to disinherit to get part of your estate. And, you know, there are a lot of things we can do, but that's one of the things about probate, and it's one of the things about the will we talked about. If you don't leave somebody who's your next of kin by law in your will for a substantial amount, they can object to your will and then hold things up for everybody else. And what happens 90, 95% of the time, there's a settlement and that person gets part of your estate. Now, what do we do in that case? Well, a lot of cases, that's where trust comes into play. Because if you have a trust agreement, the assets in the trust agreement, and again, it's very important to say the assets in the trust agreement don't go through court. If the assets are not in the trust agreement, they don't go according to the trust. Doing a trust without changing the assets, the title of the assets to the trust, accomplishes virtually nothing. So you spend money to do nothing. Right. Sounds very silly. And, and you know, sometimes I feel sorry for people and they sign one of those books and said, I paid $6,000 for this book. And now you want to ch charge me almost enough to redo it. I'm sorry. But, you know, you, you sign one of those books and you make a mistake. You got to change it. Otherwise, you're leaving your people with a mess. Remember, guys, if you won't read it, why would anybody else? <laughs> I don't I don't know if I understand the logic of that one, but it, go ahead. The listeners do. They get it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nicole, you live in Staten Island, right? Sure do, which oh. I enjoy thoroughly. Why? Because I have a lot of land and I can do whatever I want and I like it. Mm-hmm. Now, you have a couple of animal companions, I understand. Sure do. And they bark and nobody complains because everybody minds their business. It's very nice. Uh -huh. Do you have a trust for your for your dogs? No, but one is 11 and one is four. And maybe my next set of dogs will have trusts, but these I don't think are going to need it. And why is that? Because if I don't make it, to 45 I'm going to be genuinely upset so you know I think I'll outlast them I hope <laughs> I mean that's that's poor planning I guess but I don't want to deal with my own mortality at 32 so my dogs are just gonna have to deal for now <laughs> they'll be fine <laughs> all right well again and you remind the witness, list, listeners again, if you have a relative that speaks Spanish, you can ask for Nicole. 
I'm the girl to see, although you'll be utterly surprised when you also see Mr. Connors in there with me because we're a duo. We take all different languages together. I almost feel like he's starting to understand. All right, Michael, do we have to take a short break? I believe it's time, yes. Yeah, I think maybe it's overtime. But th- <laughs> thank you for listening to this, Lawyer. Thank you, Nicole, for stopping by again. And, you know, this is your opportunity to wish the listeners a happy new year. He always beats me to it. It's always a pleasure being here, and I hope you guys have a happy, safe, healthy new year. Okay? And if you haven't already done it, plan to start your estate planning in the new year. It's good New Year's resolution. Better than going to the gym, I'd say. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. How can I protect my family if something happens to me? What if I need to go to a nursing home? What will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help us take care of Grandpa? These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, taxes, and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected. I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now. I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors & Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500 718-238-6500 or connorsandsullivan.com If you're a homeowner age 62 or older and are finding it harder to pay off debt, or how about enjoying your retirement years with less stress? A home equity conversion mortgage may be the answer for you and your family. Hi, this is Frank Melia, a certified mortgage planner, and I've helped countless homeowners all over the tri-state area tap into a little or a lot of their home equity so they can use it right now. Give me a call so our team here at Contour Mortgage can show you how the loan program works and how much you and your family may qualify for. My job is to help you find the best solution for your retirement goals. I do this by educating homeowners with straightforward information and answers. It's free to call and speak with me, Frank Melia, to determine if this mortgage program might be able to help you and your loved ones now. Call and speak with me. I'll answer your questions and help you decide if a reverse mortgage is right for you and your family. Make the call now, 888-954-7463. Once again, that's 888-954-7463, and you could be on your way to a better retirement. Frank Melia, NMLS number 62591, Contour Mortgage Corporation, NMLS number 34384, 990 Stewart Avenue, Suite 660, Garden City, New York, 11530, Licensed Mortgage Banker, New York State Department of Financial Services. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors, now accompanied by my wife, Beth. Oh, and Happy New Year to everybody. And my son, Michael. Hello, everyone. I hope you had a Merry Christmas and now a Happy New Year. Okay, now... When the, the first of the year comes around, numbers change for different reasons. And I'm, I'm first going to go through the Medicaid numbers as of January 1st, 2023. And, and it actually, it went up considerably to our benefit for those people who are thinking about applying for home care Medicaid. The numbers are much more beneficial now. Of course, that's the 
aftermath of inflation. So I guess there's some good things about inflation. But as of January 1st, if you want to apply for home care Medicaid, if your income is below $1,503, as far as your income is concerned, you are eligible for home care Medicaid. Um, and that's a, that's a big jump. And of course, if you're over 65, which if you're applying for home care Medicaid, you probably are, there's an extra $20 thrown into that. And for a married couple, a married couple, if their income is below $2,106, they're eligible for home care Medicaid. And that's a dramatic increase in the numbers. Now, some of you are saying, well, you know, all right, I'm single. I got 2000 a month income, so I guess I'm not eligible for Medicaid. No. What that means is your income over $1,563 plus 20 if you're over 65 has to go into what we call the pooled income trust. And what's a pooled income trust? Basically, it's a trust approved by Medicaid run by different not-for-profits where in order to be eligible for Medicaid, assuming you're over 65 or disabled, you can put your income over that $1,500 a month amount into a pooled income. So let's say and I'm going to use round numbers from now on. Let's say your income is $2,000 a month. You have $1,000 a month Social Security and $1,000 a month pension. We put roughly $500 in a pooled income trust, and you send them $500 a month, and they'll pay certain bills for you, such as cable, gas, electric, you know, virtually any type of bill that you have. If you have, let's say, more income, three, dollars $4,000 a month, may pay your real estate taxes, your insurance, car insurance, car payments. If you own a mortgage or if you pay paying on a mortgage, they can take the mortgage payments for you. So basically, what it boils down to, no matter how much your income is, you can apply for home care Medicaid in New York. Your income over 1563 a month goes into what we call pooled income trust. So let's say you have $3,000 a month income, you put $1,500 a month in the pooled income trust. That $1,500 a month pays for your expenses. It can be car payments. It can be mortgage payments, real estate taxes. Of course, if you own a house, your house better be in a trust to protect that house from being attached from, you know, medical bills after you're gone. But, you know, again, you can put virtually any amount of income. You can put in a pooled income trust and be eligible for Medicaid in a few months. And then that money in the pooled income trust will be used to pay your expenses. Groceries, some companies issue a debit card um, where you can use the debit card wherever you want to use, just as if you use a regular debit or credit card. Um, and, and at the same time, let's say, you know, you, you haven't paid for your funeral yet. You can make payments for a prepaid funeral. You can buy a car, make car payments on it. So, And you might say, well, wait a minute, I, I can't buy a car. I can't drive anymore. Well, you can buy a car and somebody else can drive it for you. So, yes, you can buy a car if you want to. And, and you know, if you're in one of these questions, you say, I'm not sure whether my my parent or whether I should apply for, for home care Medicaid, schedule an appointment with us at, at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. We can tell you the ins and outs and what you may or may not want to do, but come in, talk to us. We have offices in Brooklyn, Queens. Manhattan and Staten Island. We don't charge for the first consultation. The initial consultation is free. We can talk it over and see what you want to do. And I just want to mention one thing. Right now, Home Care Medicaid, Community Medicaid in New York, there's no look-back period. So if let's say 
literally, if you had a million dollars in the bank today and you put your million dollars in a trust between now and January 31st, on February 1st, the first day of the month following the transfer, you can apply for home care Medicaid in New York. Now, that window is going to change on us on March 31st, 2024. So, in other words, about 14, 15 months from now. So, you do have a pretty good window. You got enough time, but don't let it go by in you because it's human nature to procrastinate. And I'm sure there are going to be some people who are going to come into the office in April 2024 and say, Oh, I can't apply for home care Medicaid anymore. And we may have to tell you, Well, at least not right away. We have a penalty period, we have a look back period. I have a maybe a dumb question, but can you please explain to people the di- what Medicaid is and the difference between Medicaid and Medicare? Because that comes up all the time. Okay. Medicare, basically anybody who's worked during any period of time and collects Social Security is eligible for Medicare. There, there's some exceptions to people with the railroad pensions and things like that and people who never worked. But basically anybody who... who works and collects Social Security, is eligible for Medicare. Medicare is, is kind of like an insurance policy. doesn't matter how much money you made, you're eligible for Medicaid. You can be making $150,000 a year and, you know, retire and then get your Medicare. It's not based on your assets. Medicaid is based on your assets. So Medicaid, the difference between Medicare and Medicaid in a lot of cases, they both pay for regular medical bills. But Medicaid pays for home attendance, home equipment, supplies to keep you at home. And the biggest part of the Medicaid program that we use right now is to pay for home attendance. And if you're willing to trust somebody to manage your assets, you put your assets in a trust. We'll say in January, you can apply for home care of community Medicaid on February 1st. Community Medicaid pays for medical bills not covered by insurance. It also, in some cases, pays for some assisted living facilities across the uh, city. Most assisted living facilities do not take home care community Medicaid. I'm just warning you. But there are some that do. And if, if you're in one of those places and want to go to one of those places, again, you can put a million dollars in a trust today in January and apply for home care Medicaid on February 1st and, and apply for Medicaid. Now, the other numbers chart change with Medicaid. And this is a big one, too. It used to be that if you had more than $16,800, technically, you were not eligible for home care Medicaid. But right now, if you're single, you can apply for home care Medicaid if you have less than $28,133. Which means that that opens a a big, you know, sometimes it's tough to keep under $16,000, but it's a little bit easier to keep under $28,000. And for a married couple, you can have $37,900. So in in a lot of cases, that's your spending money. But, you know, it used to be like $20,000. I mean, years ago, it used to be like three, dollars $4,000. But right now, let's say for the sake of a married couple, we keep $37,900 in a joint account. Um, then they put their other assets in an irrevocable trust with, let's say, one of their children. They can become eligible for home care Medicaid. And, you know, a lot of times people were a little nervous about home care Medicaid because, you know, I, I can't just live on $15,000. Well, the $37,000 you keep. And, and remember, that's your limit. So you can spend some of the 37000 
and then collect your Social Security or use money for the trust to pay your bills. And in other words, you keep the 37000 as you're spending money. It's a lot more comfortable right now. And I know inflation has been eating dramatically into those numbers, but still, I, I think it's... I think it's a good result where you can keep $37,902 on, you know, in your checking account, pay your routine bills. The rest you put in the trust. Hopefully you have children or other relatives that you can trust implicitly, and you can give them the assets to manage for you in the trust. And let's say you have literally a million dollars, and you could be more, but let's say you have a million dollars worth of assets. You put nine hundred and sixty five thousand in a trust and you keep thirty seven thousand nine hundred and two out of the trust and you can be eligible for home care Medicaid next month, the first day of the month following transfer, which would be roughly in you know, in our case February first. I don't know what the first work day of the week is in February, but you'd be eligible to apply the first work day, you know, of the month after the, the transfers. So there are a lot of good opportunities right now with home care Medicaid. And virtually anybody can apply for home care Medicaid within a few months. Um, like I say, everybody knows that our job here is to make sure you don't lose your assets, you know, protect your assets, protect your estate. So, you know, wills and trusts, Mike talks about it all the time. But um, for me, the most important thing is to protect your lifestyle while you're alive. If people can get sick just right away and then oh my goodness where do you do you end up in a nursing home do you do you want to stay home all of the things that mike talks about the from powers of attorney to health care proxies and trusts and will your will would be later but your trust i mean all these things are to protect you while you're still alive so that if you if you say to us you know i i don't I don't feel comfortable going to a nursing home. If something happens to me, I'd like to stay at home. Then that's part of the estate planning. Um, and that's for home care Medicaid. That You may need that. But the other thing is you may be a person that would like the idea of going to assisted living or something to have other people around you. But um, that is, to my mind, more important than everything else we do here. So um, understand that it's it's your lifestyle, the way you want to live, and how to protect your assets so that you can choose the lifestyle. The last thing on earth you want to do is get bad information and then spend all kinds of money on medical bills that maybe you didn't need to pay if you had done the proper um, estate planning. So remember, yes, you need a will, and you want to protect assets for your children, grandchildren, friends, charities, all those things you want to do. But it's most important to make sure that if something happens to you while you're still alive, that you are in your home and happy if that's what you want, and you have good people that you trust to help you get through the hard times. And, you know, here's one other thing. We're talking about trust in this case, so you can apply for Medicaid. But the trust, whether the trust is revocable or irrevocable. Now, revocable means you can change any part of the trust any time. Irrevocable kind of means, for the most part, and, and 90% of the irrevocable trusts we do, 
are between parents and the children. So let's say your house is in an irrevocable trust. The children can't sell the house without the parents. The parents can't sell the house without the children. It's a partnership. 90% of the time, 90% of the families that we're dealing with, that's not a problem because 90% of the time the parents and the children are on the same wavelength. Um, if there is a problem, even with an irrevocable trust, we can change an irrevocable trust. Some people think, well, I don't like the idea of an irrevocable trust. I can't change anything. In New York State, you know, we have a, a very good opportunity. We can change an irrevocable trust in New York. It's a, it's a myth that you can't change an irrevocable trust. And in some states, you can. Now, if we want to make a gift to get the assets out of the estate for tax purposes, yes, then we're at the point where it's very hard to change the trust. But if we're doing a trust to get on Medicaid, we can make certain changes in the trust. We can change the trustees. We can fire the trustees. We can change the beneficiaries. It's just we can't have full and absolute control. We're kind of like in partnership with somebody else. And, you know, talking about estate taxes, death taxes, there have been changes in those numbers, too, by the first of the year. Um, the federal estate tax, death tax, right now, as of January 1st, is $12,920,000, which means if you're single... And if you die, if your total estate is worth less than $12,920,000, your children, your heirs, do not pay an estate a death tax. $12,920,000. And that's also if you make gifts under $12,920,000, you don't have to pay a gift tax. Now, you've got to be very careful about making gifts. Just because you can do it because the IRS allows it without paying a gift tax um, doesn't mean it's necessarily a good idea because if you make some gifts of a house that you paid $50,000 for 40 years ago and now it's worth $2 million, you give that house to your kids. If they don't live in the house, they're going to pay a huge capital gains tax when they sell. So you don't ordinarily like give your house away. But if you have cash and you want to give it away, there's no gift tax now under $12,920,000 as of, you know, the first of the year. Now, I it's have been a increased. Go ahead. I'm sure a lot of our listeners are wondering, how do they come up with these numbers? Are they just arbitrary, or what's the... Well, the legislature passed, and basically it's $6 million or $12 million index for inflation. So, you know, it was $12 million if you, you know, when Trump came into the office, and it's been indexed for inflation. Of course, in inflation has gone up quite a bit over the last year, so that's why these numbers have taken tremendous jumps. Now, some of you are saying to me in the gift tax, wait a minute, I thought if you give away more than $15,000 a year, you're you're not allowed to give more than $15,000 a year. Well, that $15,000 number, again, index for inflation has gone up to $17,000. And just as you know, point of example, let's say we've got a husband and wife and they've got two children. Both children are married. The wife can give $17,000 to her daughter, $17,000 to her son. She can give $17,000 to her daughter-in-law, $17,000 to her son-in-law, which I believe is $68,000. She can give away that money and not be obligated to file a gift tax return. The husband can do the same thing. So he can give $68,000 to the same group of people. 
So if you put that together, that's $136,000 you can give away. And you don't even have to file, file a gift tax return. Now, again, don't get confused. Because you can do this for the IRS does not mean you can do this for Medicaid. So let's say we've got a husband and wife. Husbands go to a nursing home, you know, and let's say they got $100,000 of assets and they talk to their accountant and the accountant says, well, you got $100,000 worth of assets. You can give, um, you got four kids, you can give them each $17,000, give 17000 to a couple of grandkids. And, you know, we get rid of all that money legally and you don't have to pay the nursing home. Not true. If that husband and wife, if they give away $100,000, they're going to cause a seven-eighth month penalty for Medicaid, which means the wife, let's say the husband's going to a nursing home, the wife has to pay for the nursing home bill for eight months to make up for that gift. Eight times 15, and that's a low average of the cost of a nursing home right now in New York City. Eight times 15 is $120,000. So to make that $100,000 in gift, it's going to cause the grandmother in this case the mother, you know, $120,000. That's not the best plan that you can put together. So just because you can do something for the IRS does not mean you can do it for Medicaid. And and the reverse is true also. So, again, it's confusing. But if you want to come in and talk to us about it, please do. But here's the thing. Let's say you're at $13 million and change. You're single. Use the $17,000. Let's say you've got those four kids. You're single. You give $68,000 a year away. Now, we missed last year, but you could have given away last year was 16000 You could give away $64,000 last year, not file a return, and then giving away 68000 this year, not file a return. And whatever, and there are other things you can do besides that. You can, you know, if you pay for college education, let's say, for one of your grandchildren, that is not a gift, both for Medicaid purposes and for IRS purposes. You're, in effect, paying for education. You're not making a gift. And that doesn't cause a penalty for Medicaid. It doesn't cause a penalty for the IRS. So, you know, keep that in mind. If you're in one of these situations, get the right advice. Because, to be honest with you, the rules don't always make sense. And if you want to come in and talk it over with us, you're more than welcome to talk it over with us. You can certainly schedule an appointment with me if you want to. You can call us at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be back in a few minutes. You're listening to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. The Guild for Exceptional Children, or GEC, has been providing excellent care to children and adults with developmental disabilities since 1958. It is our mission to help build better lives and brighter futures for the people in our care. We serve nearly 1,000 individuals each day and are proud that 90 cents of every dollar is used for actual services. Please visit www.gecbklyn.org or call 718-833-6633 to learn more. Do you have somewhere to sleep? Did you eat today? Are you making ends meet? For thousands of New Yorkers, the answer is no. For children and youth, adults, seniors, people struggling with addiction or mental illness, and for the isolated, Catholic Charities of Brooklyn and Queens is there. With 160 programs and more than 4,500 units of affordable housing, Catholic Charities is one of the largest multi-service charitable organizations in the nation. We help change lives and build communities. If you or someone you know needs assistance, call 718-722-6001 or visit CCB. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. 
Um, you know, we were talking about the federal state taxes, that the number for the federal state tax exemption went to $12,920,000. And by the way, that's $12,920,000 for a husband, $12,920,000 for a wife. So with a little bit of proper planning, we can get way over $25 million, almost $26 million out tax-free as far as the federal government is concerned. So, But you need to take advantage of the laws to do it right. And you might say, well, I don't have $12,900,000. I don't have to worry about it. And that may be true, but we have other problems involved. Yeah. Um, New York State. Are those the same numbers for New York State than the federal government? No, the numbers for New York State are not the same at all. And this is where why a lot of people are moving to Florida. Um, the New York State basic exclusion amount for death taxes is $6 million. $580,000. So if we properly plan it again and we got a husband and wife, we do a combination of trusts, we can get over $13 million out tax-free to the children. Now, what if you're over, you know, $13 million and you're married? And by the way, to take full advantage of the laws, you have to do it when both members of the couple are alive to do it the most efficient manner. So, you know, you, you don't wait for one of the couple's to pass away, one member of the couple to pass away, and then do your planning. You want to do it when you're both alive so you can take full advantage, you know, of the tax laws. So let's say, and and this is one reason why people are moving to Florida, because let's say for the sake of argument, you have an $8 million estate. And it may not sound like that much, or it may sound like an overwhelming number, but when you add everything up, Sometimes people own real estate and they own more than $8 million in real estate and they don't even know it, you know, because maybe your 401k, your insurance policy, maybe you got a large insurance policy you kept because you, you took out the insurance policy from when your children were young and you decided to keep the policy and keep it going. And maybe right now you got $3 million worth of insurance and a $3 million house and you add it up and you get to $8 million. Well, no planning. Your children right now, if you have an $8 million state, have to pay about $800,000 in taxes to New York State. And that's why a lot of people in those, you know, brackets move to Florida. Because eight, you want to, your children pay $800,000 to New York State, or do you want to go to Florida and not pay anything? So, you know, that's a question. And that's why a lot of people with assets, with money, are moving to you know, to Florida. And, you know, that choice is yours. Now, there are other states that don't have an estate tax. It's just Florida seems to be the most popular state to move in right now. In New Jersey, they do have taxes if you leave assets to people other than your children. But there's no estate tax in New Jersey, death tax in New Jersey, if you leave assets to your children in there. And and some people say, why do you use the term death taxes? Well, because sometimes in some states it's an inheritance tax, some states it's an estate tax, but basically death tax covers both, whether you die and you don't pay an inheritance tax or you don't pay an estate tax. An estate, an estate tax is a tax where it's paid by the estate. The person who dies, in effect, is the state's paying the tax. An inheritance tax, the people who receive the inheritance are paying the tax, and usually it doesn't make that much of a difference. And I like the term death tax because it kind of captures the immorality of the fact that you've already paid taxes on all these things you've earned your whole life. 
That's and true. You turn That's a- true. And you turn around, and all of a sudden, your heirs don't get what you've earned. Yeah, they're so, gonna, they'll get you again. Let's say, let's say for the sake of argument, you got a $7 million estate. You live in New York. You're not going to move to Florida. You're going to stay in, like me. You're going to stay in Brooklyn for the rest of your life. Um, well, $7 million, what can I do? Well, there, there's certain things you can do. And New York, one of the things about New York, if you make a gift and you live three years, the gift is not included as part of your estate in New York. So let's say, again, somebody's got a $7 million estate. They give away $500,000 now, maybe through a trust or otherwise. They live three years. Their heirs do not have to pay an estate tax in New York. And the same thing. Let's say you have an insurance policy. Let's say you got a million-dollar insurance policy. You bought it you know, when your spouse was alive to protect your spouse, and it started adding up in cash value, so you kept the policy. Well... What you could do with that policy, if you wanted to put that policy in an insurance irrevocable trust, you can do that. And again, if you live three years, that policy is not taxable to your estate. So if somebody had a million-dollar policy and, again, they had an otherwise $6.5 million estate plus the million-dollar policy, if they do nothing, the kids are going to pay 700000 in taxes maybe. If they put the insurance policy into a trust, and you live three years, you're not going to pay any taxes. And a lot of times, if you get into a certain age, you don't want to, you don't want to keep an insurance policy anyway. You don't want to cash it in. So that's all you've given up. So again, if you're in that in, in those brackets, you know, give us a call and we'll talk it over. I mean, I don't want the government getting money. Um, you've worked a hard enough. Time. Yeah, it's my second time, third second time. I don't time. care. I don't want them getting any money. I'd like to cut down your income taxes if right. you want. Right. Well, you can. So, again, if you're in any of those situations, if you feel like me, I don't want the government to get my money. Give us a call at Connors and Sullivan and we'll take care of you. Now, this, you know, unfortunately, this past week we lost uh, Pope Benedict. And, you know, there were, it brought to mind our good friend, Monsignor, the late Monsignor Albacetti who was a theologian and a friend of Pope Benedict and a friend of Pope John Paul I. And, you know, a couple of stories came to mind. But one of them I, I remember uh, he told me, and he has been he was on the show a number of times. He's now deceased for a few years. But one time he told me when uh, Benedict got elected to be Pope, he called Monsignor Albacetti up and he says, are you going to return my phone calls now? Because <laughs> Monsignor Albacetti was a little absent-minded here and there. And they forget that, that somebody called him. And I mean, I remember when I was in high school, um, the some of the speeches by Benedict really affected me and my own take on faith and theology and so forth. He was, you know, he obviously did not have the charisma of John Paul, but he was maybe the smartest person we've had as pope in the 20th century, 20th and 21st centuries. I I wouldn't dispute that. I mean, some of the few writings, Michael, have you read much of the, Mike, have you read much of his writings? I've just seen the the snippets of them and they're, he's a now, and he's from where he, your people are from. Yeah, no, he, I think he was born about 10 miles from where my mother was born. Yeah. In the same part of, uh, you know, Nita Bayan. 
Right, right. That's, what we call that's in Bavaria. Bavaria. That's in Bavaria. For right. Yeah, Bavaria. Bayern yeah. is Bavaria, but right. I'm just using yeah. that. And of course, you know, I mean, maybe it's not that funny, but I remember when our friend Pat Novikovsky, who was talking about his next book is going to be about Pope Benedict and our other good friend, Father Paul, said, why? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> well, Father Paul was always very angry about the fact that Benedict resigned. Right. Yeah. That was right. that was the right. issue because yeah. he considers Francis an ill successor to the... Yeah. Yeah. Of course, <laughs> one of the things I remember about Albacete again is one time we were sending uh, our retired detective, Jack Maniscalco, to go pick him up and take him to an event. And I get a call on my cell phone, which I never get a call on my cell phone. And I pick up the phone because he asked Jack what my cell phone number was. So I pick up the phone. He says, what did you send out here? <laughs> I says, I don't know. What are you talking <laughs> this about? This is Monsignor Abbasetti. <laughs> and, uh, you know, theologian to the popes. And he says, do you know what this guy has on his windshield? I said, no. He's got the Malokia. <laughs> A symbol of the devil tied in with a St. Christopher's medal. <laughs> what? What do you? What? What kind of employees do you have? Oh gosh! Oh, you know, okay, so, since we're talking about Jack, who's just such a wonderful character, you want to talk about the Tom Monahan story? No, uh, I don't think we have time right okay, now. Okay, we'll do it for another day. Another day. Okay. Okay. Have to say that 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 for next week, but. Again, Pope, you know, Benedict has remembered National Reviews to have their pieces, you know, rest in peace, Requiem and Bacic, you know, but it's a loss to the world, I guess. And are you, Michael, are you sure Newsmax said that Pope Benedict didn't want Biden at his funeral? Yes, it it was it was confirmed of all people by uh, Karine Jean-Pierre, his press secretary, which is just, I mean, first off, absurdly stupid, but. Well, I, what? What was it? He just he said, "I do not want President Biden there." Or yeah. not said, that he just wanted a, a smaller funeral, which I understand he did want to. But there no, were, but there there were other world leaders there. Yeah, he did not want Biden there. That is, it's very interesting. It's very interesting. I can only imagine what he's battled in. In I don't know that you say conservative or whatever, but he was the one that was going after all those priests and cardinals that had molested the the children i mean i'm always going to be convinced that he was pushed out i can't say for I sure know. obviously i know but, but god bless him Absolutely. god bless him Requiescat in pace. yeah well mike i think we're running out of time right yeah so i think we're i think we're wrapping up try to try to catch up with us next week at the same times and places happy new year have any questions, give us a call. Happy Thank New you so Year. Much. Thank you so New much Year. for being with us. Happy New Year. Do you know how many Christians live in the Middle East? Six million people. Do you know how many Christians need your help? Every single one. Do you know what we can do? With St. Francis in Beirut, we can give them hope. We can give them medicines. We can give them medical equipment. We can give them everything they're looking for because some others decided to remove Christianity from the Middle East. But if we will help them every single day, not just to feed them or clothing, it's all about giving them another day with the idea that they are recognized, that we love them, they are cousins, sisters, 
there are rules. So St. Francis in Beirut, it's all about helping Christians. And you can be part of that help too. If you want to help Father Paul in his mission, send your donations to St. Francis in Beirut, 213 Stanton Street, New York, New York, 10002. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Are you or your parents' assets protected from nursing home bills? Did you know these bills can exceed $15,000 a month? People work their entire lives to live comfortably in retirement, but when people become ill and need to go to a nursing home or receive home care, the bills can drain their assets, leaving many people bankrupt. The good news is that you can prevent that from happening if you plan in advance. Connors and Sullivan's lawyers can customize a plan that specifically protects your interests, including your home. Schedule a free comprehensive telephone consultation with Mike Connors to discuss your issues and concerns from the security of your home. Call today, 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. Don't let nursing home bills take your life's savings and leave you and your loved ones bankrupt. Don't wait another minute. Mike Connors can take you through the process by telephone and start a plan designed for you today. That's 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. The preceding pre-recorded program paid for by Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.